Thanks, Jerry. I appreciate uh, everyone joining today. Like Jerry said, it's a beautiful day here in Columbus, so let's enjoy it while we can. Um, I, I do want to publicly start off by uh, thanking again the first responders, all the healthcare professionals and the essential workers who are all working so hard during these tough times for us all. I also want to thank the uh, Ohio State Athletic Department, um, led by Gene Smith. Um, they've done a great job with daily communication, letting us know what's going on, what we can expect, um, keeping our coach, coaches and student-athletes um, very aware of the situation and doing the best um, to keep everyone on the same page and to get through this. Um, and, and finally, I just also want to thank our support units, um, compliance, IT, our social media team, human resources, creative team, our budget office and SASO, who have all been working tireless hours, you know, through these tough times to, again, keep our coaches and student-athletes, let them strive through this and get and get us all on the same page. So um, with that, I'm ready to answer any questions. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. And, and once again, good morning to all those, especially those who've, who've just joined. We're going to uh, open up uh, the floor for questions now. Again, stay on mute until I call on you. Uh, we'll open it up with Dan Hope from 11 Warriors with uh, Nathan Baird on deck. Na Dan? Hey, Mark. You guys have had you know quite a rash of commitments here over the past few weeks. Do you feel like that's something that you guys were already building momentum toward, or do you feel like that's a product of, you know, the way things have changed here over the last few weeks? I think it was definitely a product of what we had building on. Um, our coaching staff's done a phenomenal job building relationships up to this point. Um, you know, we were hoping the spring practice would give us time to get these kids back on campus, um, where we felt like we would ideally close the deal with some of them. But uh, with the limitations, I think a lot of the kids kind of had their minds made up, and coming on campus again would just kind of finalize their thoughts. So um, just because of the way things have turned out, they decided just to um, publicly commit to us to, to hold their spot in class. And unrelated follow-up, but you know, you're about to have uh, three guys who you recruited, uh, Joe Burrow, Chase Young, and Jeff Okuda, who are about to be three of the top picks in the NFL draft. Just, you know, how proud does that make you to see that, and how big a recruiting chip is that for you guys? That's what we do what we do. You know, guys, you know, recruit early on, and hopefully they come here, develop, and accomplish their dreams, and you couldn't ask for better situations for those three guys. Um, you know, everything Joe put into this program here and to go off and see our players rooting them on publicly, it's awesome to see. You know, Jeff losing his mom in high school, before he gets here and, you know, just overcoming that adversity. And then just Chase, you know, just continuing to develop. You know, when Nick went down his last year, being able to step up and build his platform from that point on, all three of those guys are well-deserved. They're all elite competitors. Um, they're all great kids, and uh, they have great futures ahead in the NFL. Thanks, Mark. Okay, next up, Nathan Baird from Cleveland.com with Kevin Noon on deck. Nathan? Hey, Mark. I was just curious if you could go into some detail on any adjustments that you or the staff made. Um, obviously, you can't, the, the moratorium prevents you from going out at all or, or having people come in. Just in terms of the electronic communications or, or other methods, anything that, that you guys have changed right now um, in regards to any, any of the classes that you're recruiting? Yeah, obviously, since we uh, can't see them face to face, obviously we're gonna we've gone way more on the FaceTime calls, which is I don't know if it's good because they all see our ugly grills now way more often. So 
hopefully we don't scare them away by doing that. But um, just trying to, you know, constant communication. It's pretty much business as usual, but um, we have a lot more free time on our hands now. They have a lot more free time on our hands. So there is more communication. Um, so just like you said, using the electronic means to be able to keep keep the communication lines open and and answer any questions they they or their families may have. I know you can't talk about um, individual targets at this point. I'm just curious for 2021. You guys have already laid such a, a strong foundation with this class. Um, where do you kind of see as, as still what you need to accomplish for this class, whether in, in terms of specific positions or just uh, something that Ohio State needs to find in this class? Sure. Well, obviously, it's it's only the beginning of April, so we're not trying to win any recruiting wars in, in April, and so we've got a long way to go. And we've got to hold on to all these kids until December, and so uh, we treat all our commitments like they're not committed and make sure they continue to feel love and remind them why they chose here. And, you know, help them, give them leadership and accountability in building this class, which this class may have done have done that better than any class I've ever seen of coming together and, you know, going after the top guys. Through social media these days, they've, it's easy to connect with guys that maybe they haven't met or they've met once at a camp or met here on campus. And uh, just those guys building these relationships and, and getting the best players to want to come here. Um, and, and individually by positions, um, we have a few more positions that, you know, we need, a, we need a few more guys to cover, and uh, we're working hard at that. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, next up, Kevin Noon from Rivals, Buckeye Grove, with Bill Rabinowitz on deck. Kevin? Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, Mark, do you guys feel that you had a bit of a of an advantage with the class of 21 with having 2020 largely – committed pretty early in the process and you got a lot of them signed in December to where you're able to uh, maybe turn the page a little quicker than other programs and focusing on building those relationships with the 21 kids? I think so. I think the December signing day has been great for that. Just letting the month of January be a full focus on recruiting the class of 2021. So it gives our coaches a head start. Um, you know, if, if our department um, does a great job in the fall during the season, you know, breaking down all the film and identifying who our top targets should be. You know, I think that helps the coaches get um, a heads up on targeting where they are not wasting a lot of time, you know, fishing all over the, the country. So if we can broaden that, that uh, or I'm sorry, narrow that big net of, of guys, you know, and, and get that list of guys shrunken way down and say, hey, here's, here's our top five linebacks, here's our top five DBs. Let's, let's do everything we can to laser focus on those guys and get them committed. And uh, so we built those relationships over a long period of time, and it, and it didn't just start in January. It started September 1 of their junior year where, where we've gone very hard at a lot of the guys that are already part of this class. And then following up on that, uh, you don't know what you don't know, but obviously for 2022 and your focus right now on 2021 that's class at hand but you know what kind of disadvantages are is everybody going to face when you you lose the april evaluation period you're not you don't have the opportunity to to see these kids i mean camps could be in jeopardy and you know whatnot i mean what are what are some of the initial concerns that you have about about that next class yeah really both classes 21 and 22 um you know, it hurts significant one to get them on campus right now for spring. 
Um, if camps disappear, you know, that's a significant loss. And our coaches going on the road and watching these guys practice, you know, that's, that's a significant loss. You know, that's just another check mark in the full evaluation process. And so we're going to have to really trust our eyes on the film. You know, some of these 21 kids that, you know, we were hoping to make final decisions on either by watching them practice live or, or having them at camp, you know, that, that may be in jeopardy now. So, you know, the film's going to, is going to take a lot of weight now and, and hopefully, uh, you know, getting these kids on campus again once it opens up to spend more time around them. Thanks. Okay, next up, Bill Rabinowitz from the Dispatch with Jeremy Birmingham on deck. Bill? Yeah, I'm Mark. Uh, I think when you started, you, you were pretty much the only one. There was no department. It was you. Um, how, how big is your department now, first of all? Yeah, so in 2012 when I got here, it was really just Greg Gillum and I. And, uh, you know, over time it expanded to um, – there, there's three other full-times who work in, in personnel. You've got Tori majors who um, handles all the on-campus visits um, and then you've got the creative team led by Zach Swartz um, and, the, and there's five of them so since 2012 just the expansion of recruiting department here and in general has been massive um, I, I also helped started a, a personnel symposium where two years ago we had it there was 180 people there this past year when we did it there was over 300 so this nationwide um, the growth of recruiting departments is, is awesome to see. So, um, and, and I think it's only going to keep growing. Right. I guess what I was getting to is, you know, it's easy to kind of deal with things and, and work remotely when it's just you, but you're, you've got a department now. How, how difficult has it been logistically to keep everything going, functioning the way it should, and how concerned were you when they closed the Woody and you knew you were going to have to do this? And, and I'm sure close coordination is so essential to what you do. Yeah, it, it's been difficult. Um, you know, we, we Zoom every Monday morning. Sorry for my dog. Um, we, we, have, we have a recruiting Zoom meeting Monday morning, get everybody on the same page for the week um, for what we want to accomplish. Um, and then also, you know, the biggest part right now in this time of the year was we were going to have kids on campus. So a lot of our time was going to be um, geared for that. So it really hasn't affected us a ton um, just because – we don't have that anymore, and that's been a big burden off our plate. Um, and so we're just trying to, you know, make sure we can do as much as we can remotely from home. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Hey, Mark, Nicole Kraft has a, a book on interviewing uh, called Make Sure You Get the Dog's Name. So uh, on your next uh, response, make sure you give us your dog's name uh, when you get a chance. <laughs> next up is Jeremy Birmingham from Letterman Row with Ari Wasserman on deck. Jeremy? Hey, Mark, um, you know, you guys obviously, as we already talked about, you were able to work ahead in 2021 because of 2020. Um, and, and now, as Kevin alluded to, you guys are in a struggle position like everyone else is in 2022 from an evaluation standpoint. What are you doing different, I guess, um, at looking ahead? Is it just more tape watching? Is it more coaches watching tape? Or do you, are you bringing in extra eyes? Uh, how are you guys handling that? Yeah, this uh, free time has given our coaches a lot more time to uh, start watching 2022s, and a lot of them already have, um, which if this didn't happen, definitely would not have happened this early. So it's it's good. You know, I was talking to Kerry yesterday and just joking about, he's like, these guys aren't very good. And I said, I know, Kerry, they're 14, 15 years old. So these coaches aren't used to watching these guys this early, and so I always tell them, like, it's hard. It's really hard to do a peer evaluation 
on kids, sophomore kids in high school. So you don't want to, you don't want to cut them too early because they're so young. Um, but if anything, it just gives you that initial preview of who they are, you know, what their upside is going to be over the next couple of years. Is there, as kind of a leader in the recruiting world, um, as you mentioned, you know, with the symposium and that kind of stuff, you have a little bit more impact when it comes to voicing your concern about potential changes or whatever. Are there any things out there that you see maybe coming down the pike and like, hey, I would like to see this adjusted or changed because of this unprecedented situation we're in? Yeah, the biggest thing, you know, on my template, and I don't know what the solution are, you know, I've been had some thoughts and have a lot of talks with colleagues, is how to get um, the number of, of these quote-unquote offers, verbal offers that get thrown out like candy um, nationwide. Um, how, how, do, how do we slow this down? How do we strip it and make it more real? Um, where, you know, schools are offering over 300 kids for one class, and it just becomes a joke and a game. And, uh, you know, on both sides, you know, the schools are doing it and the kids are, are doing it to, to put it on social media. So finding a way to, to make things more realistic and not offering eighth graders and, you know, for publicity. So, um, like I said, I don't know what the solution is, but um, I have some thoughts, and, and um, which, that would be one thing to try to get sorted out. Got it. And what's the dog's name, Mark? Oh, I'm sorry. My dog's name is Bailey. Yellow Lab. Thanks, sir. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. Next up, Ari Wasserman from The Athletic with Stephen Means on deck. Ari? Hey, Mark. Um, Thanks for doing this. Um, I was wondering, obviously you guys might have a a thought in your head of how many times a kid needs to visit or how many times you need to see him on campus before you might entertain accepting a commitment from him. Um, you guys recently, I think, accepted a commitment from a kid who's never been on campus. Is that something that's needing that needs to change just during this time, where you might have to be more open to, you know, taking leaps and taking kids that you haven't really seen in person much on your own campus? Yeah, you know, I think it's dependent on the situation. Um, you know, obviously, our our coaches have been on the road and have been in certain high schools multiple times, and and although they can't talk to the kids, they've talked to the coaches, the principals, the ads, and. So they've gathered information on, on all these kids. Um, and obviously the transcript tells, tells a big story. So um, if you're dealing with a kid who's a great student, um, has, no, had, has had no issues, and you feel comfortable with them, you know, speaking to them on the phone, speaking to their families, um, you get a pretty good feel for the type of kid they are, um, which, you know, happened with JK, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, so in certain situations, if we feel comfortable and they haven't been on campus, um, we, we'd be fine accepting their commitments. When you... Um Take a look at just obviously the 2022 class is important from a, a camp evaluation standpoint that you might not have this year, but it's also important from getting kids on campus and, and developing relationships. I think you once said that seeing if a kid will take an unofficial visit when he's a sophomore or junior is a good litmus test to see how interested he is with Ohio State. How does not having that test impact the way that you guys set up your recruiting calendar? Or your recruiting yeah, plan, excuse me, not sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, this spring was going to give us that chance. You know, a lot of kids had purchased flights. They had, uh, you know, had definitive plans to come visit. And so those kids showed us that they were legitimately interested in, in visiting, um, which now will make it harder with if, if camps get eliminated, um, losing another opportunity to get these kids on campus. So when things open up, um, these kids may just want to go uh, eliminate an unofficial visit and go straight to an official visit. Um, and we're fine with that if, if kids, one, have, 
have been here before, they've shown their interest, which a lot of them already have. Um, but secondly, like I said, if we got to we got to be smart about who we're bringing up here, the numbers. Uh, we we don't want to be overwhelming, but at the same time, we're dealing with a time crunch now. And one quick one, sorry guys. Um, do you feel like there needs to be any reform or change um, to the recruiting calendar this year since you guys lost maybe the, one of the two most critical six-week periods of time to to recruit? And would you want to see signing day pushed back? Would you want to see another um, open period for coaches in July? I mean, are there any ideas of what you think needs to be done if and when uh, we get through this? Yeah, I think I think it's too early to tell on that um, just based on how far out until things normalize. Um, you know, if things keep going like this, you know, then some talk may have to be about how, how do we fix it, how do we give people other opportunities to go see these kids. Um, but right now, I, I don't think anything's going to be changed. Thanks, Mark. Next up, Stephen Means from Cleveland.com with Tony Gerdman on deck. Stephen? Hi, Mark. In regards to the 2022 class, because of the certain current situation that we're in right now, how has it maybe impacted the quarterback position specifically of when you and I maybe have a guy identified that maybe you guys want to you know, add to the class? Sure. Again, um, you know, like you said, quarterback is a little bit unique because a lot of times we're only going to take one in the class. So, you know, right now we're just trying to identify who those top targets may be. You know, if you look on some of these lists, you know, they may have top quarterbacks, one, two, three, who didn't play varsity last year. And so, you know, that, so you, you, you can't really say, okay, he's going to be our top guy. We just don't know enough information yet. So, again, it, it's a long process. You know, we're getting on the film of what there is. And, um, you know, like I said, we're not making true evaluations right now, but, but we're just identifying guys that we think down the road may be guys for us. And we'll, we'll keep investigating and doing our homework. And when coaches can go out, they'll go out and, We'll get them on campus, et cetera. And as far as this class is concerned, what are some things that maybe you guys had already had in place that you were doing anyway that because of the certain situations you didn't necessarily have to adapt that much because you were already applying them to think how you guys were going about recruiting people? Yeah, the biggest thing in recruiting, as most of you know, is relationships and building that trust, So, um, which, which we're doing our best right now over the phone and through FaceTime. And, and I'll tell you, our staff right now is so strong. They're very motivated, hungry, um, and maybe that's from losing that Clemson game. It's kind of just sparked us all, um, and, and guys are hungry. We have great staff cohesion. We have a great group of guys that work really hard and work great together. And I think just putting that all together, we have a strong culture in that locker room. Um, and so when guys come up here, they feel they see differently than a lot of other schools. And so all of that combined, you know, we're, we're proceeding as is. Kids kind of know what Ohio State is, you know, NFL-wise, Real Life Wednesday, is all, all of the stuff the brand entails is, is why we're getting so much interest uh, from these guys, and, and it's easy to sell. Next up, Tony Gerdman from the Ozone with Joey Kaufman on deck. Tony? Hey, Mark. You mentioned uh, there's a Monday meeting every week. Is that where um, so the assistant coaches – get their marching orders for the recruits they need to contact, and then they get back to you the next week and let you know how everything went. How does that, how does that process work? Um, so the Monday meeting is just recruiting staff. So that's my guys. That's Tori. That's creative team. Okay. And so we're, yeah, so we're just covering what we need to cover on that end. Um, you know, the conversations with prospects, with coaches, that's every day. I mean, that's, 
we're, we're staying in touch, you know, getting updates, making sure guys are being talked with. If kids aren't, aren't responding, let's find out why. Let's get hold of parents. Let's find out from coach. Um, so just making sure there's constant contact. And, and uh, we, we, we go through recruiting, you know, a few times a week, um, even over the phone right now in staff meetings, just making sure and keeping updates on, on what's going on. <coughs> well, uh, secondly, I'm, I'm wondering, you'd have a pretty good perspective on this. How do you think Urban, if he was still head coach, would be handling this right now? How, how do you think uh, he would be uh, dealing with this? Um, probably a little bit different than Ryan would be my guess, but uh, um, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, it, it's it's tough on everybody right now, so mm-hmm. I can't really speak for him. But um, Urban's a different guy than Ryan, different personality, as as we all know, and I'm sure he'd be working just as hard, and expectations still be the same as as what we're doing right now. Thank you. Next up, Joey Kaufman from the Dispatch with Dave Biddle on deck. Joey? Mark, with, without the, the, the spring evaluation period, besides just watching film, is there any other recourse you guys can do as far as evaluating guys? Can they do, like, specific drills and send them to you guys on, like, Zoom or, or anything like that? What other things can you do to, to kind of evaluate future prospects besides just, like, reviewing tape? Yeah, not not much. I mean, kids um, like most most high schools are shut down right now, so they can't even really go anywhere. To training centers are closed down, um, so that that's not really able to be done either because our players are struggling with that too of finding places to train. Um, so really, just relying on game film. Um, there's been a few camps that there's film on, so we're able to see them at some of these camps and just using any piece of information we can as far as that. And you said you think the absence of, of that spring evaluation period hurts 21 and 22. Does it hurt 22 more just because obviously you're still trying to fill out that class? And, and how important is it typically in a that that evaluation period that, in the recruiting calendar? No, I would say it hurts 21 more just because um, that's where our focus is right now um, of, of finishing out, you know, check marks on certain guys. You know, there may be some stuff on film that, we're not sure about, so we were hoping to get a live eval at, at a practice or a camp um, to say, yeah, this guy is good enough, or hey, this guy is what we thought. And so our focus, like it says, on 21, and we were going to use that time to to do live evals on the 21 more so than 22s. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Next up, Dave Biddle from 24-7 Sports with Zach Carpenter from 11 Warriors on deck. Dave? Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for doing this, Mark. Mark, you were always thought of as Urban Meyer's guy. I think you spent your entire career with him. I'm just curious, when Ryan Day got the job, did he have to talk you into staying, or was it kind of a no-brainer for you to stay here? Just how was that conversation with with Coach Day in December of 2018 or whenever you guys had it? Yeah, it was an absolute no-brainer. Um, when we sat down, I, I expressed, hey, I love it here. I love working with you, and it's you're good with me staying here. I'm I'm good. And he said, Let, "Let's go. Let's do it." And so, um, it, it, we kind of just knew it, it was going to be as is, and let keep things rolling. And glad everything's worked out. You've touched on this a little bit. What are some of the most creative things you guys are doing right now to recruit? Not, there's nothing too creative. Everybody's trying to, you know, come up with stuff. Um, 
but I think we're all kind of stuck with one hand tied behind our back, and we're just doing the best we can under the circumstances. The one, like I said, stay in constant communication with these kids and just answer any questions that 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 we can. Thank you. Next up, Zach Carpenter from Eleven Warriors with Matt McCoy on deck. Zach. Hey, Mark. Uh, earlier you said that the 2021 guys, the fits you have, or you said the closest class uh, you've ever seen as far as uh, guys who haven't really interacted that much with each other. Um, I'm curious, how active are you Are you guys in telling them, okay, you're committed now, you, you kind of got to go do some recruiting of your own, or is that something that they kind of go and do on their own? Um, a little bit of both. You know, each guy has different personalities. Some guys are, are want to be leaders and, and they say they want to help recruit. And so we, we kind of give them the option of it, say, hey, you're committed now. We want you to help build this class. And some guys take it by the horns and are out there talking to as many guys as they can. Some guys really don't have that personality type to, to be doing that stuff. So, um, you know, we bring it up and, you know, it's completely up to them if they want to or not. But um, most this class has been gung-ho about you know, talking to each other, they have a big group chat amongst themselves, and um, they have a lot of uncommitted kids that are in that group chat with them, and they're just they're sharing their experience and why they chose Ohio State, and and uh, they're doing a great job. Yeah, and uh, in 2021, um, there are six guys from Ohio who are at one point ranked in the top 100, and in 2022, there's only two ranked in the top 100 right now. Um, I'm curious, how does having significantly less sort of tight power players in 2022 on the local level, has that changed your strategy in the next cycle? Um, you know, we, we don't pay a ton of attention to the rankings more so than, you know, identifying names and we're doing our own evaluations. But, um, you know, sometimes the Ohio kids and the Midwest kids um, are a little bit late developing because they don't have spring practice. Um, so on these initial lists, maybe you won't see a lot of guys, but um, – once, once they start playing here again, they're so young, um, a lot of them will, will start developing more and pop up and start being more national guys. So not, not really too concerned about 2022s at this point. All right. Thanks, Mark. Up next, Matt McCoy from 610 WTVN with Bill Kerlick on deck. Matt? Uh, thanks, uh, Jerry. Uh, Mark, just wondering, uh, you've kind of touched on this a little bit on the call, but uh, no one is having the string of success that you've had in terms of commitments. I know you can't get specific about what's happened here recently, but this this whole craziness has started and our lives have changed, yet you have kept it rolling. What do you? What is the biggest reason? What do you attribute the success that you are having right now, even though recruiting has changed so significantly? Yeah, Bill, I don't know if I can pinpoint one thing. You know, hard work is obviously a big part of it. Um, but kind of the things I mentioned before, you have, a, you have a strong culture in that locker room with great kids. You, you have guys going on to the NFL and having great success. You know, Real Life Wednesdays is not just a theory, it's testimony. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of different reasons, and each prospect decides to go to your school for different reasons, and it could be any one of, any one of those things. But as long as we do a great job as a staff and – in constant communication and, and give these families a, you know all the reasons why this is a great place for them. Um, it, it helps. And, and like I said, the Ohio State brand is so strong. We don't, it's not hard to sell. There's so many great reasons to come here. So I don't know if I can pinpoint one, but obviously I think everything starts at the top with Coach Day. 
and, and he's a grinder. He works extremely hard at recruiting, and we got, we all follow his lead. Also, just to follow up, what's your – I mean, everybody's working from home. What's your day like, like what your job was before all of this social distancing and what it is now? How significant has it changed, and, and what is your day like? Um, yeah, so before um, we would have had spring practice going on, so, you know, we had tons of kids coming through every day, and so a lot of time would have been spent an on-campus visit, structuring them to make sure we could tailor them to be as personal as possible to give them great experiences. So now that it's been taken away, um, stuck at home with two four-and-a-half-year-olds, it makes working extremely difficult. Um, so I, I give major props to moms out there and teachers who, who deal with these children for all day because uh, it's tested my patience a lot um, to be able to balance being dad and being um, what I have to do for work. Um, but, you, you know, uh, the film is still, you can access film from home. You can constantly keep in communication with these kids from home. Um, so there's still things to do, um, but more distractions. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Up next, Bill Kerlick from 24-7 Sports with Doug LaMaurice on deck. Bill? Thanks, Jerry. Hello, Mark. Uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, right now, when you look at the 247 Sports National Recruiter rankings, you see Tony Alford as the number one recruiter, Brian Hartline, number two, Kerry Combs, number four, Al Washington, number six, Larry Johnson, number eight. So you've got five Ohio State coaches in the top eight, which is really almost unheard of representation in the rankings by one school. And, you know, coaches are competitive by nature. How much competition and discussion is there on the staff about being high in the rankings, even if it's in just a good-natured way. How much do you guys look at that and talk about that? Yeah, we don't really talk about it. I think it's kind of what's expected here at a place like this. We expect, you know, to bring in the, the best possible class we can. But, you know, as they say, iron sharpens iron. So um, I think it definitely motivates us when you see one coach working very hard and having success that the others are going to follow, follow that as well. And like I mentioned, where it all starts with Coach Day, um, he works extremely hard at it, and we follow his lead. Um, but it's awesome to see, you know, our coaches, you know, unite and have such great cohesion that it's not just one – it's never just one person recruiting a kid. Um, you know, Tony Alford's recruiting a running back. You know, Hartline might be helping him as his area guy, or, you know, Coach Sutton may be helping him as, a, as his area guy. So most of the times there's two or three coaches that are working extremely hard on, on just one kid. And uh, so it, it helps us a tag team and motivate and – you know, keep each other on the same page. And as a, a follow-up to that, as I said, you know, co coaches are very competitive by nature. Um, right now you've got the number one class in the country and, and by a pretty good margin. Um, you know, how does the staff look at that? And, and it's true for being number one. You know, you want to be number one on the field, but what is Coach Day and what's your thoughts on winning the recruiting battle too and obviously they have to prove it on the on the field but you know do you still want to be number one there too i mean i can only speak for myself personally i mean to me it's it's nice and all but at the end of the day you, i think you got to look three years from now to really project how how good a class was for one and and then secondly like, like i said before it's only the beginning of april we have a long way to go till signing day so we all still have to work extremely hard because a lot could change. We have to make sure everybody stays committed and, uh, you know, 
So we're not taking anything for granted. We're not patting each other on the back. We, we know we've got a long way to go. We're going to keep working hard. Next up, Doug Maurice from Cleveland.com with Tim May on deck. Doug? Hey, Mark. We know uh, spring football is often a time where um, players and maybe the program, some of them realize maybe I need to move on. You often have attrition in the summer, some transfers. How is not having spring football affected all of that? And it looks like you guys are just a little over on numbers right now. How do you think this will all work itself out? Is it a little more complicated than if you would have had spring football? Yeah, it ends up always working itself out. And at the end of the day, we just have to be back at 85 um, come August, and, and we feel confident that we will. Mark, when you're talking about um, obviously everybody's adjusting to this, is there any certain sort of type of prospect that may be more affected by what's going on right now? And by that I mean might you recruit more guys close to home as opposed to far away geographically? Are there maybe a, a late riser? Would he have more of a chance or less of a chance to get a scholarship from Ohio State? You mentioned you know, maybe if nobody around the country in high school is having spring football, does that – even the playing field for Ohio kids, is there any type of prospect that is more affected than others during this? Yeah, definitely the ones that we just needed to check a box on, you know, whether seeing them live at, at a spring practice or, or seeing them live at a camp. If, you know, if camps don't go on as planned, um, you know, it'd be, it'd be hard just to just go off film alone if, if we're not sure on a key attribute or two. So those are the ones I think that would hurt the most, but Again, we're, we're going to go on as is. We're still going to evaluate as best we can. And, and, and for now, we don't know what's going to happen, so we'll just keep going as usual. And, Mark, one last quick one. The idea of you guys don't very – you guys usually get who you want in, in most recruiting classes, but whenever you have maybe a position where you haven't gotten as many guys at a certain position group in previous classes, does it help you get more guys in the next class, meaning if there are guys – who maybe see opportunity, can it be an advantage that, that you can sell that to a current recruit maybe if the previous classes at that position weren't where you expected them to be? Yeah, I would agree 100% on that. Just It, it looks better um, when you're trying to sell that um, and they see it. I mean, it's real too. You know, um, we, we hadn't signed a lot of defensive backs, and um, so, so Kerry had to work really hard to – try to get these numbers back even, and uh, he's doing a great job with him and uh, with Matt Barnes as well. Thanks, Mark. All right, we're down to our last uh, couple uh, questioners here. Actually, Tim May had to drop off, so I'm going to bring up uh, Rob Aller from the Dispatch with Steve Hellwagen on deck. Rob? Hey, Mark. Thanks for doing this. Um, you've gotten some pretty big gets here at the running back position. Um when you target a position, can you just walk us through the interaction with the position coach, how you guys uh, work that, whose responsibilities, what, and also comment on the job Tony Alford's been doing? Yeah, Tony is one of our best recruiters on staff, um, and, he, and he always has been. And, uh, you know, he, he just he's doing a great job in this class right now, not only this position but area as well. Um, but as far as recruiting um, by position, like I said, it's never one coach. Um, just recruiting a guy, the area coach is always involved, head coach is involved, coordinators involved, 
you know, I, I may be involved on a lot of them, but um, as much team recruiting as we can do, the better. But um, between myself, the area coach and the position coach, we're all going to do separate evaluations. And a lot of times we may all have the same opinion. Sometimes we, we may have differing opinions. And that's great, healthy debate. You know, you, you kind of almost want one of the three not to have the same opinion. So we can talk through some, some things and, you know, make us make sure we're, we're doing the right evaluation or get more information. Um, and obviously Coach Day's there um, to assist as well. So um, the more team recruiting we can do, obviously the position coach is a lot of times the main reason for a kid choosing the school. Um, but we're here to help as much as we can. And also this, uh, on a follow-up here, um, I assume you're the point person on the whole transfer portal situation. Can you walk us through how that works and how that's changed and altered what you do? Yeah, when it, fir when it first came out, you know, I was checking it multiple times per day, um, you know, just to see what was going in there. Um, but nowadays, a lot of times it's on social media with minutes of it, a, a kid's name going in there. So you can almost get your information faster. Um, but there's obviously always roster spots where we may want to target to see if someone may go in there. And, and if they do, I was, we'll jump on it like we, like we did with Jonah last year. Um, and, and with Gunner. So um, it's just based on position and need. We'll keep our eyes and ears open of, of what we're doing, and we'll, we'll just constantly check it. Thank you. And final questions uh, uh, of, the, of the day here with Mark. Uh, Steve Hellwagen from 24-7 Sports. Hi, Mark. Thanks again for doing this. Really appreciate it and your time. Um, question I have, you've been here almost a decade now. I'm just curious, Ohio State over the past 25 years has uh, strengthened its admissions criteria for incoming freshmen. I'm just curious um, how uh, much of a factor that plays in your guys' decisions and it, and and how limiting can that be? I mean, you you can't take a hundred percent of the top one hundred, I assume, because some guys may not fit that uh, admissions criteria. Just in a nutshell, your thought about uh, how, how that uh, trend has gone for you guys? Yeah, that's a great question. So the average ACT right now at o, at Ohio State is a twenty nine, and so as we're recruiting these kids, we have to ask ourselves: Can these kids function and make it? And, and stay on track to graduate from Ohio State. And those, and those are sometimes tough conversations, and a lot of times we stop recruiting guys because their transcripts are not good, they don't take school seriously, and we know they can't, they can't make it here. There's no, there's no classes or remedial classes or programs to put them in. There's no general studies to put them in. Um, and so it, it's a big talking point among us of recruiting the right type of kids, the right type of guys who, who love football and also love school. And, again, I think that's a huge reason why our culture is so strong um, because of the type of kids that are in the program. Just uh, as a follow-up, um, out of the top 100, what, what percentage in a given year do you think that you would be able to, uh, to take based on the admissions at Ohio State? Um, you know, it varies. Um, you know, we're, we're not – we're, we're focusing on, on the kids that we want to identify early on. And like I said, we're trying to take that large pool of guys and shrink it down as much as possible for the, for the coaches and the transcript helps shrinking down, you know, yep. that, that's definitely one key, key figure. So if a guy's kind of on the fence, um, just, you know, maybe his film's okay or good, but really poor transcript, um, 
you know, we're, we're, he's going to come off the board or go way down the board and focus on other guys. Um, and then we, we look really closely at uh, absences and tardies. So just because they're a good student, maybe they've missed a lot of school, maybe they're late to school all the time, and so we've got to find out why. Um, and, and we'll always give the kids a chance, too. So if, if it's a really good player, we like him. Um, he had a bad semester, a bad year. Let's find out why. Did he have someone sick in his family? Did he have extenuating circumstance? So that's all information we've got to find out and collect. Uh, to see, or is that laziness? You know, so it's usually one or the other. There's usually a reason. Yep. Thanks a lot.